Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily Musical Chairs the British government and what exactly all this chaos means for Ireland. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. It was a British Labour Prime Minister, Harold Wilson, who quipped during the 1960s that a week is a long time in politics and how he was right. I am a fighter and not a quitter. I recognise, though, given the situation... I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. Well, Liz Truss lasted just 44 days, the shortest serving Prime Minister in British history. And now the Conservative Party have until the end of this week to find a successor and rescue the shambolic remnants of its government. This is an absolute disgrace as a Tory MP of 17 years who's never been a minister, who's got on with it loyally most of the time. I think it's a shambles and a disgrace. I think it is utterly appalling. So so you seem quietly... I'm I'm livid. And, you know, I really shouldn't say this, but I hope all those people that put Liz Truss in number 10, I hope it was worth it. And not only that, but... Try and regain some public confidence too. She has trashed uh, the British economy. She's put hundreds of pounds on people's mortgages and she's humiliated the Conservative government uh, in the eyes of the world. People are are angry, they're they're fed up and, and they're worried about the future. And above all, they're furious with the Conservative Party. But while the British government tries to put some order on its house, what do these choppy waters mean for Ireland? And what does it mean for the reputation around the globe as well? I'm fucking furious and I don't fucking care anymore. I'm Siobhan Maguire and to find out more about everything that went down last week and indeed over the weekend, I'm joined by the Irish Independence political correspondent, John Downing. It has been a night of astonishing scenes at Westminster with reports of jostling, manhandling, bullying and shouting outside the parliamentary lobbies in a supposed vote of confidence in the government. The deputy chief whip was reported to have left the scene saying, I'm absolutely effing furious, I just don't effing care anymore, before he resigned, along with the chief whip. But we've just been told they have now officially unresigned. The Home Secretary has, however, definitely gone. In short, 
It is total, absolute, abject chaos. John, it's been a chaotic roller coaster. I mean, gosh, all of last week, the weekend, and here we are now. How is all of this going to play out for Ireland and indeed at an international level? Well, it it was yeah chaotic, and uh, all the, the all of the descriptions of it turn around pantomime, farce, melodrama, all that. By the way, let's also recall that this is pretty hard stuff for an awful lot of people uh, in terms of of uh, mortgage r- interest rates going up, um, pensions being put on the line. People get fretting about their jobs, all sorts of difficulties. So while on the one hand, it's surreal for the ordinary people, it's very real because it represents politics not working. And there will be similar fears from an Irish point of view. Uh, We are so uh, the, the world generally is interlinked, but Ireland's links. We have a complex relationship. Uh, but in recent years, uh, the the up up to June 2016 Brexit and its fallout, the, rela- the British Irish relationship was rather good. Now we it is uh, a major tra- Britain is a major trading partner of Ireland. They uh, have a big say in a large chunk of ter- terrain on this island, and there are other cultural and personal links. It just does not suit us to have Britain be so politically and economically dysfunctional right now. Um, They are winding up to pick their fifth uh, leader inside of six years, and the international uh, reputational damage is phenomenal. God damn Britain, another prime minister? Another prime minister? And this one only lasted 44 days. Boris Johnson had COVID parties that were longer than that. I mean, John, we're still navigating the choppy waters of Brexit, where the UK is concerned. And then you look at, um, you know, Northern Ireland and, and, and how they've been kind of left out of the Brexit process in so many different ways. And then you look at the Northern Ireland protocol and what's going on with Stormont. And Liz Truss, before she resigned, was telling everyone she's a fighter, not a quitter. Well, I mean, tell that to Northern Ireland and uh, trying to fix power sharing at Stormont, which is still unfinished. Absolutely. Um, by the way, she never she never met any of her uh, in the 44 days she was in office. She never met any of the devolved uh Assembly counterparts, uh, notably Nicola Sturgeon, of whom she was uh, the first minister of Scotland, uh, about whom she said some scathing things during her uh, during her election campaign. But yes, the the whole situation. There are a number of ironies when you when you view uh, this whole debacle through an Irish prism. There are a number of ironies. Uh, Any senior politician I met during the prolonged uh, slow bicycle race that was the campaign that gave the world Liz Truss as leader of the British Conservative Party and Prime Minister. Irish politicians said, look, of of the original eight that fielded in that contest, she was the least favourite option for Dublin. But curiously, when she came into office, she did make positive noises about fixing the the deadlock over Northern Ireland's special trade status uh, 
post-Brexit. It's it's uh, foot in the EU single market and the the British market. And she was, uh, she and the people she chose uh, to, to uh, be Northern Ireland ministers were positive and uh, collaborative. So there was a very brief window of hope that, that despite all the chaos and, and the debacle that, that was Liz Truss's very brief, uh, briefest ever period in office, that there could be a small dividend for Ireland. Of course, that is long gone. It's gone since the 23rd of September when her ill-starred uh, finance minister, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Quasi Quarteng, brought in what he called his mini-budget and started total uh, chaos and freefall uh, in, in the international money markets. And that's the thing. The UK is something of a laughing stock. Uh, you know, we saw it all last week as the ev- events unfolded to Liz Truss resigning uh, over the weekend. And if you look at uh, how it's being documented um, across the world, people are laughing at Britain. Can they come back from this, John? They have to come back from this. People are laughing, yes, but they're, they're also... Um have reason to worry. We, we, we live in an interconnected uh, economic global economy. Uh, we had uh, earlier this week, we had the uh, president of the French Central Bank warning that the complete uh, melt, economic meltdown in Britain could contaminate the Eurozone. And by extension, of course, that would mean Ireland. It could It would mean uh, more expensive mortgages and so on, and and fewer mortgages uh, and so on and so forth, among other things. So that that fear is there, and it, we have to remember that Britain is remains uh, a G seven economy and fifth, sixth, perhaps uh, ranked in the world. So it doesn't suit anyone to have them up in such a heap. Absolutely. Um, you you touched upon the fact that uh, the British public, the con- British consumer is hurting and hurting badly. Well, what a mess. And this is not just a soap opera at the top of the Tory party. It's doing huge damage to our economy and to the reputation of our country. And the public are paying with higher prices, with higher mortgages. So we can't have a revolving door of chaos. We have Kerr Starmer now, um, the Labour leader, calling for a general election. And so while we have this revolving door and this leadership race once again, are we edging closer and closer to a situation where there will be that general election? We may be, but the, the in the immediate, the last thing the British Tories will do, there's more than 30 percent down in the opinion polls behind Labour. They, <clears throat> the la- they're in the mid-teens. The last thing they will want is another general election uh, anytime soon. The outer limit, the last general election was, uh, UK general election was in December 2019. Technically, there need not be another one on, on a legal frame uh, framework until January 2025. Um, the new uh, leader, whoever does succeed Liz Truss, will be, um, will be mainly playing for time, trying to put uh, some kind of shape upon things 
and uh, so they will extend the 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 period. There, but there won't will be no rush for a general election. There is a kind of moral force to have a general election, but you know the, you you can keep that. I mean, uh, Labour and the the Lib Dems and so on can howl at the moon all they like. There won't be an early general election. But even Nicola Sturgeon last week, I mean, she she was making the point that you know in a democratic society and where a government is repeatedly having to replace its leader, surely then the public needs to step in and have their say. Yeah, I mean, there is there is a great moral force. And yes, uh, Nicola Sturgeon, who is is uh, laughing last and longest, some of the stupid things that, that Liz Truss said about her, um, they are... They, uh, Scotland is winding up trying to position uh, the 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 government in Edinburgh is trying to position itself to have a rerun of the uh, independence referendum and there's an awful lot happening there which which Ireland should keep a very keen eye on but I go back to the point that all well and good to be making these moral arguments the political reality is that the Tories have a 70-plus seat majority in the British House of Commons. They will not want an early general election and they are not obliged to uh, concede one. But the the chaos continued right through last week, right over the weekend. You know, we had wildcard Boris back in the fold. To me, I mean, to me, John, if, you know, and I'm no political expert, but if you're delving back into the past for some guidance from a, a, a leader that was previously booted out, that just seems a little bit desperate. It is absolutely. It probably it probably says everything we need to know about this process. He was discredited. He was run out of office. He is. He was fined by the police for breaking the COVID laws that he and his colleagues put in place. He is still going to be the subject of an inquiry as to whether he lied to Parliament about uh, holding about the holding of parties at number 10 Downing Street at a time when people were dying of COVID. But the process that is being put in place is interesting. For, to, to get on the ballot paper, and I think specifically to avoid uh, this being put before the 160,000 uh, members of the, Brit- of the British Conservative Party again, that is, by the way, 0.3% of the UK population, uh, they uh, the support of a hundred MPs for nomination is required. I read in the Times of London just hours after this uh, the fall of Liz Truss that Boris Johnson had twenty supporters very early on. We have got to a point where they've had five leaders in six years, or they will have had soon have had five leaders in six years. Three, the last three were just duds, to be quite frank about it. Uh, Poor, one of them very poor and weak, honourable enough, one of them totally dishonourable and mendacious. And the final one, a a teetotal calamity, which should never have have been uh, put in place. Liz Truss. We import nine-tenths of all of our pears. We import two-thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. 
So, you know, there's no accounting for the naivety and stupidity of, of the British Tory party at the moment. And yet you could kind of understand why Boris was being mentioned, as you say, just hours even after Liz had resigned last week, because the party itself is so fractured within. And a big character like Boris is probably the only one who could potentially bridge that gap. Well, that is a sort of that that is uh, the, the sort of sideways glance view of things. I think when you look more closely at Boris Johnson, you'll find he's a very divisive figure in the party. And so, uh, you know, when we look back at last week and uh, we had the popcorn out, I don't know about you, John, I was binge watching news feeds like a, a Netflix miniseries. I couldn't get enough of it. But at the same time, it was quite the horror show. I have acted in the national interest to make sure that we have economic stability. Absolutely. I mean, it is. It's compelling uh, as as a as a story. It's it's kind of a rolling tragedy, uh, and uh, it does have a sort of cinematic quality, a melodramatic quality. But I go back to what I was saying. That this is also very real. The consequences of dysfunctional politics, politics that simply don't work, are. Um, people's incomes, people's livelihoods, people's quality of life being seriously impacted. And that's not funny. That's not that's very real stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we, we have to try to get beyond the melodrama to some degree. Even Liz Truss in her resignation, she didn't look very sorry about the whole thing. And we set out a vision for a low tax, high growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. This morning, I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. No, the, I mean, the big absence, there was a compare and contrast between Theresa May. Theresa May came in in 2016 and left in summer 2019. She was honourable, even though she was weak, and uh, she showed poor political judgment. But she was on the brink of tears and leaving, and she showed far more heart and far more emotion. Liz Truss was something of an automaton saying, look, um, Basically, her, her, her message in one sentence was, look, the timing just didn't suit me. So uh, I'm off now. Good luck. But there was not a smidgenette of uh, contrition, of apology for the consequences of, of the foolish actions, the uh, borrowing at a time of, of uh, uh, economic tightness to the extent, borrowing to fund tax cuts at a time and talking about growth at a time when the markets want uh, economic orthodoxy. The markets took a terrible revenge on Britain and, uh, you know, the, it, it flew from there. And my thanks to John Downing for joining me today. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced and researched by myself with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from the BBC 
RTE, Channel 4, ITV News, Sky News and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. And you can find more of our award-winning journalism online at independent.ie.